Lady from Day is an original novel adapted for radio. Lady from Day is written and produced by April Sadowski. Previously on Lady from Day, Taylor, Rowan, Siegfried, and Leah head to the most unnatural of places to discuss the best method of escaping their captivity. Book 3. Breaking Out is Hard to Do. Chapter 26. Finding the Way. Cork kept all of us busy for most of the day, as usual, but when we did have a spare minute, I tried to lead Siegfried and Rowan as best I could to the cellar door on the kitchen floor. Luckily, it was positioned in such a way that we could pass by as unobtrusively as possible and pretend that we were actually doing something. Well, I think it's just lovely. Lovely? What is lovely, dear Siglint? Why, Rowena! I think this lovely wood floor is just lovely. Look at that beautiful grain. I was a bit confused at what they were talking about, but Siegfried pointed just to the side of the cellar door and the floor. Finally, I knew what these two were getting at. Oh, yes. Absolutely wonderful grain. I haven't seen any in all of Kalos that looked that good. All right, you can stop it, you two. I see what you were getting at. <clears throat> well, you should get back to work. We can discuss wood grains later when we aren't busy. The two men nodded, but took the time to smirk at each other. While they were acting so strange, at least they seemed to be getting along. It appeared that the cause of my rescue, and now Daylats, apparently was enough to unite them and make Siegfried forget about earlier. I had no idea how much time had passed since we last had that discussion about marriage. While I still knew his feelings hadn't changed, perhaps he grew into the realization that there would be someone or something better suited for his nature. We are adventurers now. Who would know once this adventure is over whether we still would be? At any cost, I pulled out a bucket from underneath the tables and reached inside to gather two sponges. I gave one sponge to each of the men and told them to start on the floor. While Taylor and I had just scrubbed it just the day before, there could never be enough cleaning in a kitchen the size of this one. There was always something falling on the floor, whether it was boiling broth or potato peelings. I was not going to make Cork think that I couldn't handle the two newcomers, so I had to make sure they had something to do. We need to start getting everything together. They want bloody cake now! Can you believe it? Those slimy, green-nosed, ignorant pustules want cake! Well, I will fix them a cake they won't forget! Excuse me, Taylor. You aren't going to, uh, make them sleep like babies, are you? I had no idea what she was talking about, and she was practically running all over the kitchen for supplies. She found some ale which she lent my way along with butter, a couple eggs from the chicken coop, some Annie's seed, and a glass of milk. Daylight smiled widely, took a glance at Cork and replied, They won't forget because they won't remember. I am going to put a little Datura Stimonium in here. I don't know why I never thought of it until now. I have to be extremely careful because too much is lethal. It will not only make them forget, but it will also make them cooperative. It makes them semi-conscious and weak, which would be perfect for us to be able to escape. I don't know if the gods eat along with Mistress and her commanding officer Nightpack, but- Nightpack Glyngrease? 
That was the name of the Gorlag I had heard talking earlier with a Gorlag called Ruskid before we ran into Rowan. How did you know? I heard them talking about you. It was a long time ago, before we ran into... Well... Your son. Oh. What did he say then? First off, he talked about how upset he was about it being the second time it happened, and how useless the kitchen people here were at letting something like this happen. Then he talked about wanting a good bath or something of the kind. You know, I still can't fathom how they call that good. Anyway, continuing on, there was another Gorlag called Ruskit that Nakepack was talking to. Ruskit mentioned going Skalag hunting, which I'm assuming was how they found Ro... the Kalosians, and then that Ruskit fellow said they were going to have a feast when they returned. You don't think... I can indeed. Then you are making it for the feast? I tried to keep my voice down. Suddenly, a familiar Gorlag entered the kitchen. I turned to see who it was. It was Ruskid, who I had just been talking about. He had clapped his hands together, caught the eye of Cork, and walked towards her in that marching-style walk the Gorlags have. I caught a whiff of him, and that was enough to stop my staring. I turned back to look at the pile of ingredients set before me, and tried my best to cover my nose. Cork, my dear Skylark! You keeping an eye on everything here? Yes, Ruskit, and don't you be interfering with anything. I know you always come down here for bits of things under Nightpack's nose. If you get bigger than him, he's bound to know when you don't want him turning mistress on you. <laughs> yes, Cork, of course I wouldn't. I am just making sure that everything is prepared correctly because I told Nightpack that I would oversee this feast myself. It looks like those new Kalosian Skalags are working their weight, eh? Of course, Ruskit. I make sure all of the Skaglegs you bring me do something around here. Even lay hair. Cork grabbed some dough in her fist and handed it to the Gulag male. He took it in his dirty hands and stuffed it into his face. Excellent, Cork. Cooked or not, I will leave it to you then. I accept in a couple of hours we can expect you to have everything ready? I would assume so, Ruskit. Please inform Nightpack and Mistress they can arrive at the hall then. As soon as Ruskit left, I uncovered my nose and looked at Daylat. She had already started to sift the flour and sugar together and handed me the mug of ale. I looked in the mug as it seemed light. There was only a small amount of liquid in there, but my confusion was answered. Put the yeast in there and let it dissolve. Here, use a Skorlog spoon. It's about as close an amount as I can get. I did so while watching her take the butter, put it in a bowl, and take it to the kitchen fire to get it hot. Once the butter melted, she added the sugar. The yeast melted by then, and she took the mug of ale and a baby spoon full of flour and mixed that together. Here, Lee. Take these eggs and beat them together with the anise. She handed me a bowl with the two eggs in it, along with a mortar and pestle. I ground the anise until it was like sand, and then added it to the bowl. I cracked the eggs expertly and drained them into the bowl. I beat them vigorously together. Daylat took the bowl from me when I was done. Really, it was mesmerizing to watch her construct this cake for the Gorlax. She continued by taking the flour and salt bowl, and made a hole in the mixture and put the ale mixture in the center. She folded it in along with the butter and sugar bowl, 
Then she took the glass of milk and added it. The smell wafted into my nose, and it was divine. If I were a gorlag, I would readily eat such a cake. Daylat took the cake mix over to Cork for inspection. Cork had just taken the bread out of the oven and was letting it sit to cool from the mould. She took a wooden spoon and dabbed it into the cake. She took a small lick. Good, Tyler. Very good. I had no idea you could bake this well. If I did, I would have had you doing more of it. Continue on, then. Cork returned to her bread-making duties, and Daylight came back to where I was. She put her hands into her apron pockets. Daylight whispered to me, This is Datura. I saw Daylight lifting out a leaf that looked like it belonged on a maple tree. There was a spiny pod attached to it, which she opened to reveal seeds. Now that Cork has tasted it, I know that I can put it in. I want to keep an even coating of this. Too much of it would be deadly, but a small amount will only put the Gorlogs in a twilight sleep. I want to make sure Cork eats some of the finished product, but only before I give her this. It's called Valeriana. If I give her a small amount, the effect of the Datura will be less. Even though Cork is a pain, she is still a Skalag and a human. I would not really wish her any real ill will. This will ease her and calm her down if I make a tea with it. It just has to sit until evening, and then I can have Emta warm it for her. Emta won't even think there is anything amiss when I explain it. They didn't teach you this in Fenarion, did they? No, Lee, they didn't. Remember that story I told you about how I was born? Well, that was not entirely true. It was more of my story. Now that you know who I am, I can tell you. Even my children do not know this, but Burchell and I were married in Medonia at my parents' estate. It was customary for us to be given a little private home on that estate. It was built when I was born, as is traditional for Fenarian women. When we, Burchell and I, were married, we stayed in that home for our first year. At that time, he wasn't king yet, so Ferris had its own governance by his father. When it was time to travel back to Ferris, Burchell's father died. We took a caravan up from Fenarion through Harper Wood and Moor Arran, and eventually to Ferris. You know, I never will understand why the King's City is called Ferris, along with the Kingdom. When I get back, I should name it something. I don't see how one doesn't get confused. At any rate, we were ambushed before entering Harper Wood, and I was taken captive. I assume because at the time I would have been the queen and very valuable for trade. There was a woman there, and her name was Risa. She had a wooden bow made from the tender saplings of Harper, and so her arrows flew true against my attackers. Wasn't Risa the guardian of the wood? Indeed. Risa found me in the year 852, and it was at that time she realized I was pregnant. She would know, being the green woman that she was. She wouldn't let me continue on to Ferris in my condition. She said I was special and needed better looking after. Something that the Ferisians couldn't help me with. She sent a messenger Bert with a note saying that I was safe and in green hands. I suppose Birchill knew that I truly was because he sent a note back saying, May those green hands safely carry my day back to the light when the time is right. Oh, how I miss him.
So it was Risa that taught you herb medicine? Daylight looked at me, stirring the valeriana root in the water to make what looked like a tea. Yes, and in the most curious of ways. She instructed me in several different uses for different plants while I was waiting to give birth. What I'm making now, she actually used on me. When I was delivering, it was very painful. She made me a leaf decoction of Datura to relieve it. She made me a leaf decoction of... She made me a leaf decoction of Datura to relieve it. I don't remember anything other than holding my sweet Rowan a day later, and that is when I was in a cart dressed as a peasant heading back to Ferris. I really didn't think anything of it. Daylight finished and wiped her hands on her apron. She took the cake mixture in hand and found a cake mold. She spooned the mixture into the mold and stuck it into the kitchen oven. We will just keep an eye on that. Now, where is Emta? Oh, it smells simply lovely. Did you put licorice essence in there? Emta got closer to the oven. She grabbed some thick oven cloth to remove the finished cake. She put it on a cooling area nearby and returned to where she had been standing. Actually, Imta, it's anise seed. It has the same flavor and smell as licorice. I find it much easier to come by. When Cork told me that the Gorlogs wanted a feast and a cake, I had to go into the herb garden and get it. Kira was there with me at the time. It made sense now how she was able to grow the herbs in such a way that no one would ask what she was doing. The Gorlocks trusted her to some degree, especially with Kira supervising. Little did they know that Kira was not as subservient as they thought. As much as I despise Kork, I really feel sorry for her when the Gorlocks come in to monitor her. It does put stress on us all. You know, speaking of Kork, she has had a long day. Imta, why don't you give her this tea after the feast begins? It will make her relax. Make sure you heat it before you give it to her. I can make one for you if you wish. Emta looked at me for assurance. I know that with all that had happened in the past, she had no idea if this was a sign from Daylight that she trusted her or wanted to kill her. I gave her a half nod, and she took the cup of tea. The cake was done and the feast was about to begin. Cork had just finished setting out the last tray of the main meal and was getting ready to send out the cake. Apparently, Daylight knew all too well how Cork managed the kitchen. I could see out of the corner of my eye, Cork grabbed a crumbling piece of the cake from the side and stuffed it into her mouth as she left the room. At that same time, Emta headed over to Cork, the cup of freshly heated Valeriana tea in her hand. Cork, would you like some tea to ease your burdens of the day? Trying to chum up to me, eh? Enta shook her head fervently and handed Cork the tea. There wasn't really any good place to sit in the kitchen, so Cork started to walk towards the door. I will be in my room, clean up, and I'll see you all in the morning. That's likely. Enta, why don't you head off too? I'll be fine. There isn't anything going on, is there? Oh, never mind. I'm too tired to worry about you anyway. 
Enter left the room, as well as some of the other kitchen staff. Rowan and Siegfried headed out as well, but paused to talk to us before passing. What have you got cooked up now? You should head off to bed. Both you and Rowena. We will wake you when you are needed. Both of the men nodded and left the room. I was puzzled as to why Enter was so cooperative, and asked Daylat. Well, of course she nibbled on that cake. I wouldn't expect her not to from the smell of it. Emta has the disposition to be nosy and sneaky. She would make a very good pickpocketer, I'm sure. Give them another hour, and they should be in their twilight sleep. It will be dark then. Leah is played by Sophie Neveu. Taylor is played by Mippa. Rowan is played by Faithorn. Siegfried is played by Jaunty Hat. Emta is played by Mary Bruhand. Cork is played by Laura Fedora. Rusket is played by Jonathan Dolnier. For other cast and credits, please visit www.ladyfromday.com. That's www.ladyfromday.com. Join us next time for the continuing story of Lady From Day.